I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am in the middle of planning my own unconventional surprise budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If a 200-person wedding gives you nightmares, then you are in the right place. So today, I want to talk about your guest list, and more importantly, how to brutally cut your guest list. This is the perfect episode for COVID times because so many people are having to take their original wedding guest list that had 200, 300, 150, you know, 75, however many people you had on your original guest list, and you're having to totally slash those numbers. And a lot of places you can't have more than 50, maybe even smaller, depending on your venue or where you're holding the wedding. So I know this is a hugely important topic to people planning weddings right now. How the heck do we cut our guest list? In regular non-COVID times, this is still a really important question because the number one way to save money on your wedding to stick to your budget is to cut your guest list. As soon as you cut people, that means you're not paying for their meals. You might be able to save on rentals for tables and chairs, decor, even the venue. You know, if you have to find a place that houses 200 people versus 20 people, that's obviously going to be a huge cost difference. So I definitely can understand why people are stressing about needing to cut their guest list in this time. Okay, let's get to it. So the first thing you want to do when you are brutally cutting your guest list is have a conversation with your partner. This isn't something you should do alone. That's how I feel about all wedding planning. It should be you and your partner are doing this together. And it's really important that you're on the same page because you don't want to go to the next family event and you think nobody in that room is going to be invited and your partner thinks they're all going to be invited. You definitely want to be on the same page, making these cuts together and planning your wedding together, really. So the first place you'll start after you and your partner sit down is with your venue. What are your venue constraints? Especially if you are getting married during covid 
your venue will likely have a limit on how many people they can have, how many people standing, how many people sitting. So the first place you want to go is to them and find out what are our numbers, you know, because that'll give you your you know, legal definition of how many guests you can actually have. Then you want to go to how many guests you want to have. And for that, you kind of want to think about what sort of wedding you want to have. So I know it's a little bit cheesy, but if you close your eyes, you know, what does your wedding day feel like? Is it everyone you love at one long table? You know, maybe there's 10 people there, 20 people there. Everyone's sitting at one long table having a meal together. Is it a super crowded dance floor with, you know, 50 of your best friends from high school and college and cousins and everyone dancing all together? Is it just a small group standing around you during your ceremony in a backyard? You know, it doesn't have to be based on any other wedding you've been to or any wedding you've seen in the movies or on social media, but just for you and your partner, what do you want that wedding to feel like? Okay, let's get to the hard part. Let's talk cuts. So the first thing you're going to do is tier your guests. I'm going to have three tiers, one, two, and three. So tier one, these are the people that you absolutely could not get married without. These are the people who, if you told them your wedding date and they said, I can't make it, you would change your wedding date. These are the people you absolutely have to see on your wedding day. So for some people, you know, that's your parents, your siblings, your best friends. For others, you know, it could be chosen family, friend group, in-laws, whatever it is, you know who those people are. I'm sure as I'm saying this right away, those people come to mind, the people you absolutely refuse to get married without. That is your tier one. Moving on to tier two, these are the people who are part of your current life. You see them often, you interact with them, and they know you as a couple. You know, they don't just know you from school 10 years ago, but they've never met your partner, or they know your partner from, I don't know, Boy Scouts or Girl Guides or whatever, and they have no idea who you are, but people who are actually a part of your life now, your current life that you lead with your partner. Who are the people you spend time with? Who are the people you hang out with? When you open up your phone, who are the last you know, 10 people that you sent messages to? Who would you answer a phone call from? These are the people who are on tier two. Now for tier three, these are going to be the people who, if they RSVP'd no, you wouldn't actually mind that much. Like it would kind of be a relief if you got that back and you're like, oh, phew, don't have to buy that person dinner. These are people, you know, maybe you don't see them that often, maybe once a year at the holidays. Maybe they're people you used to hang out with in, you know, a previous life when you were in college or at a different job, but you just haven't seen for a really long time. Possibly people who haven't even met your partner yet. That's your tier three. So to recap, we got tier one, people you absolutely could not get married without. Tier two, people who are part of your current life, who you see often. And tier three, people you would be okay if they RSVP'd no. I think you can see where I'm going with this. Tier one are obviously the people you have to invite to your wedding, right? Like it wouldn't be a wedding without them. Tier two, you'd love for them to be there, but if you had to make some cuts, you probably could. And then tier three, in my opinion, these people shouldn't even be getting an invitation, but we can get into that a little bit more in just a sec. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want to talk about obligation guests. Obligation guests, this term came from Alicia of the Bride Chilla podcast. I believe that podcast is on hiatus at the moment, but if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back into the back catalog. It's amazing. Alicia's fantastic. But obligation guests are the people who you feel obligated to invite to your wedding, but you don't actually want them there. So for me, that sounds like tier three. These are people who you feel pressure to invite or you think, you know, they invited you to your their wedding, so they should be invited to yours, maybe their family members, maybe they're friends of your parents, and you just feel an obligation to have them at your wedding, but you really don't want to invite them. These are obligation guests, and in my opinion, as far as unconventional weddings go, toss them out. Those people should not be getting invites. My rule is, I have two parts to my rule, actually. So part one, no parents guests. I really don't understand where this tradition came from, where parents give their children lists of guests that they need to invite. I don't get it. It seems so dated to me. It seems back in the day when the parents would plan the whole wedding and the couple would just show up. But in modern days, a lot of couples are planning their own wedding. They're paying for their own wedding. And it really makes no sense that you'd be inviting, you know, your mom's friends from tennis or your dad's bridge club or things like that. It's so odd to me that parents think this is a thing that should still be happening. Like, why do you need to show off that, you know, your daughter finally found a man or, oh, look, my son settled down. You know, what does that mean? Why is your kid a possession? Why do you need to show off that they finally made it? Why, why does having a wedding mean that you made it? It's just so odd. Like if your parents want to host their friends and and have a fancy dinner with them, okay, great. Have a New Year's Eve party or invite them over to Thanksgiving. But why does it need to be at your kid's wedding? I don't get it. Uh, Luckily, my parents and my future in-laws are also on the same page and will not be giving my partner and I a guest list. So we get to skip this one. But if you're receiving a guest list from your parents, I encourage you to push back and really Try to get around just, oh, this is what is done. And we were invited to so-and-so's kid's wedding, so we have to invite them to your wedding. Like, let's push back on that. Let's ask questions and say, you know, why do we think so-and-so, who I've never met from your bridge club, needs to attend, the you know, this really meaningful day? I think that's definitely a place where you can push back and, and tell your parents that that's not something you want. So that's part one of my rule. Part two of my rule is nobody should attend your wedding who doesn't know both of you. This is, you know, a personal thing. I know this doesn't work for all weddings, for all couples. But for me personally, there is no way on my wedding day I want to say, oh, hi, it's so nice to meet you. Or, hey there, have you met my husband? No, like you should absolutely know both people standing at the front, both brides, both grooms, you know, whatever labels they're using. I shouldn't have to introduce myself or introduce my spouse to anybody at my wedding because that means you shouldn't be there. (laughs) If I haven't met you before that day, if you don't know my name, if I haven't 
you know, shaking your hand or giving you a hug, then I certainly don't want you there as I say my vows to my future spouse, as I, you know, promise to love and cherish him for the rest of my life. And I definitely don't want to be buying you a $150 dinner. <laughs> That's just me. Those are my rules. Take them or leave them. Okay, I've got a couple more tips for you when it comes to brutally cutting your guest list. So let's start with plus ones. So plus ones are not obligatory at all. It's not mandatory. You don't have to give plus ones to anybody. And when I say plus ones, I mean in situations where you would say, Miss so-and-so plus guest or Mr. So-and-so plus guest. You definitely don't have to give a plus guest to anybody. Now, the caveat to this, if you're calling them plus ones, would be people who are coupled up or who are in, you know, long-term relationships. In that situation, I'd say, yeah, you probably do. You know, if you're friends with somebody and they're married, you can't really get away with saying like, oh, could you actually just leave your wife at home for this one? Or, you know, if they're engaged or they've been together a really long time, you do kind of have to extend that invitation to both parties. Of course, you know, this is the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast, so do whatever you want. If you're having a super, super tiny wedding um, and you're at a position, you know, where you can call your girlfriend and say, hey, you know what? Like, I love you. I love your husband, but I'm so sorry. We're only able to invite five friends. And is it okay if you just come by yourself and you can have that chat with her? Then great. But, you know, Emily Post would say, absolutely not. If they're engaged, if they're married, if they've been together long-term, you've got to invite both. So that's not what I'm really talking about when I say plus ones. I'm talking about when you give your single buddy from college or your girlfriend from the office, when you give them a plus guest so they can bring someone to your wedding. You don't have to do this. This is not mandatory. Your wedding is not a place where your friends should be bringing Tinder dates or going on their third date. No, you don't have to do that because that goes against my rule. You would have to introduce yourself to someone at the wedding. So the only time I would kind of say you should make an exception to this rule and give somebody that plus one the and guest is if this person is going to be all by themselves at your wedding. So if you're inviting, you know, a group of friends from college, a group of friends from the office, and then you have this one friend from, I don't know, from church maybe, and you're not inviting anybody else from your church, it might be nice to give that person a plus guest just so they don't feel lonely just so you're not spending all night worrying, oh no, who's talking to her? You know, is, is she okay? Is she by herself? Um, of course, this is again optional because if you have a couple of friends who are coming solo, you know, from different groups, you could always seat them all together or buddy them up with somebody who's really chatty. So you definitely don't have to give a plus guest, but it would be nice if this person is the only one coming from a certain friend group or area of your life. Another time when it's really nice to give a plus one is if you're doing a destination wedding, especially if it's something where, you know, the person has to fly, they might have to get a room, stay for a few nights. You know, if you're flying down to Jamaica from New York, it's really nice to give your single friends the option to bring a guest, a date, or another friend, just so they can, you know, go half seas on the room so they're not stuck spending, you know, five days in Jamaica by themselves. Maybe they'd rather do that with, you know, a new partner with a girlfriend with a sister or brother you know just give them that option that's always really nice um, if you're doing a destination wedding but again not mandatory at all if you do need to cut your guest list cut out all of those extra plus ones another tip for brutally cutting your guest list is well this is less of a tip for cutting and more of just a rule that you might want to keep in mind it can be really tough when you start to split family and friends. So let's say you're inviting your mom's sister, your aunt, but you don't want to invite your uncle, your mom's brother. 
this can be really tough because, you know, come Christmas, you're all around the table and, you know, aunt and got to come to the wedding, uncle didn't, you're all there. It could get awkward. So if you can, if you have the space, if you have the budget, if it's the kind of wedding you want, I would suggest inviting everyone from the same group or the same level. So if you're inviting all of your, you know, parents, siblings, all your first aunts and uncles, try to invite all of them and not just cherry pick this aunt, this uncle. Um, if you're inviting, you know, your sorority sisters, try to, well, probably don't invite the whole sorority, but you know, like the three that you really hang out with, invite all three, not just one of them. Um, of course, this kind of goes against what I was saying with the three tiers, because maybe, you know, you're not as close to your uncle or you're not as close to some of your sorority sisters or work friends and you only want to invite one or two. And that's cool because it's your wedding and you can do what you want. So if that keeps you on budget or if that keeps your numbers down, then go for it. But just know that there might be issues later if those same people talk or if those same people come to events. So if you know your friends and you know your family, you know they're not going to start any drama and that, you know, it'll be fine. You can explain it to them. Then definitely go for it. If you think there might be issues, see if you can squeeze in, you know, one or two more people just to try to keep the peace. Lastly, I just want to say COVID. <laughs> COVID, COVID, COVID. Everyone planning a wedding right now, everything has to do with COVID. So if at the end of the day, you can't have all the people at your wedding who you want to be there, guess what? It's COVID's fault. Blame everything on COVID. You were not planning to get married in the middle of a pandemic with restrictions on travel and guests and dancing and all that other stuff. So people will understand this is really weird. You know, we haven't lived through a pandemic before. Likely all the people you're inviting haven't had to plan a wedding during a pandemic before. So they'll totally understand if you just say, hey, you know what? We wanted to have everyone, but COVID, we can't do it. Had to slash the numbers. Honestly, it's the perfect excuse for cutting your guest list. And unless, you know, people are monsters, they really should not be getting on your case about any cuts that you have to make because it's not up to you. It's just a weird time. Bottom line, everyone at your wedding should make you happy. There shouldn't be a single person whose you know, face you see in the crowd where you kind of go, oh, that person. Every single person you see at your wedding should put a huge smile at your face. Like, yes, oh, so-and-so is here. So excited to go see them. They look great. Got to have a toast of champagne with them. So ask yourself, you know, as you're going through your guest list, would I want to go out for dinner with this person? You know, would you go out with dinner, just the two of you or you and your spouse, them and their spouse? Would you want to go out for dinner? And if you did go out for dinner, would you want to pick up the tab? Would you want to buy this person a $60 dinner or a $150 dinner or a $300 dinner, depending on the type of wedding you're planning? And anyone who gets upset with you about not being invited, like, unfortunately, that's just part of the wedding planning drama. Like I said, if you're planning a wedding right now, you've got COVID as the perfect excuse. So hopefully people are not on your case too much. But if anyone is upset that they can't join you on the wedding day, just remember the wedding is just one day. Like you're not saying to these people, hey, you can't be part of my life. You're saying, unfortunately, I'm not able to have you at my wedding, but guess what? You can still be a huge part of my marriage. You know, you can celebrate with me for the rest for the rest of my life, for the rest of the years of my marriage. You can be a part of it. We can go out for dinner together. We can have phone calls. We can see each other at big events. You know, you're not cutting these people out of your life. You're just unfortunately not able to invite them to this one day that's really expensive and has limitations on it. And, and that should be fine because I don't understand anyone getting upset, 
you know, over the fact that you won't buy them a probably dry piece of chicken while they sit, you know, in a stuffy hall with bad ventilation. <laughs> These people, if they really want to celebrate you and your new spouse, they should just be thrilled to have that opportunity for the rest of their life instead of just for the one day. And of course, you know, with all the new technology, you can't have people there in person. You can definitely bring them in on video and uh, involve them in your wedding that way. But most importantly, they can still be a part of your marriage. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I hope this helped and gave you some great tips on how to cut your own guest list. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And remember, your wedding is just one day. <laughs>